Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Talk Goo, hosted by the ladies of Anime Trending. If you're looking for nice tea and deep dive analysis about otaku things, you've come to the right place. We love our conversation discussion, and we're back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I'm joined by... Hello, I am Isabel, and... This is Agnes. So, without further ado, the t- girl talker today will be about characters we like watching on screen and in anime that in real life we would unfortunately find to be quite annoying because sometimes reality and what you see on the television doesn't quite match up to your personal feelings. In fact, a lot of times that's what happens. Uh, first of all, Agnes is safely back with us. Yay! We're glad to have you back. Hope you had a fun time. <laughs> It was it was very nice, yeah. It was very it was a very much needed trip after being super stressed with work. So we're glad that you had a great time. Well, with that, I'm actually Jack started off last week for you because ironically, you were supposed to go first the week that you uh, weren't there. So I'm afraid you're gonna have to go last this time, Agnes. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> so uh, I am starting off this week in this case. So my first pick is actually a character that is extraordinarily popular. And that I genuinely loved seeing him every moment on screen. But I just know for a fact that he would just drive me genuinely insane in real life. It, he was in my life. And it is Gojo Satoru from Jujutsu Kaisen. The, yep, guess oh. right. Uh, you did? <laughs> yes, because you talked about this with me before. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, I, I love that man uh, in Jujutsu Kaisen. He is so amusing and great to watch. I think it just feels really good to see someone so cocky and be able to walk the walk and talk the talk about the whole thing. There is a particular trope that I, I like to call it. I'm sure there's another better official name, but I like to call it the casual OP character in the fact that there's so overpowered that they're really casual about it and they don't really care anymore and that's what gojo really is at the um he's just he knows he's extraordinarily powerful and to the point where he doesn't really care about fights or anyone because of how powerful he is which makes him really chaotic and very 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 fun to watch on screen and interact with other characters however I know for a fact that if I had a teacher like Gojo, he would drive me absolutely effing insane <laughs> because of the simple reason of the fact that he is so chaotic. He does things his ways and he tends to change his mind very last minute as well. Or he tricks the students. Like, for example, when even the first episode, when I would be Fushiguro, like that would be the funny part. Is I would literally be Fushiguro because Fushiguro was all like stressed and upset with Gojo because Gojo literally went out to like buy souvenirs instead even though he sent Fushy Girl on actually a little more dangerous mission than he informed Fushy Girl on in regards to what he needed to retrieve which was one of Sukuna's fingers and so Fushiguro just has this moment where after Gojo like tosses the uh, mochi that he bought in town into uh, Fushiguro's lap where uh, where he Gojo was all casually like oh you know I went around town I bought these souvenirs for everyone and Fushiguro was like I cannot believe this guy was buying souvenirs while people were actually dying <laughs> and I like and I know for a fact that I would like I would be 
beat him in that moment. I would be so angry at him and be like, what kind of effing teacher are you to be just dilly-dallying around by souvenirs when, oh my god, I almost got beaten to death, and then other people are involved, and I really needed a hand, and you were just wandering about having a day. And so, uh, and so I really relate to that as well. Um, but he is extraordinarily fun to see on screen because, well... I actually saw a comment on this on a YouTube uh, video that was like sort of a compilation of all of like Gojo's like cockiest moments, but also really funny cocky moments is that they pointed out and we'll mention this when we get back to another MBTI episode, but specifically they, they noted how, you know, Gojo is an ENTP and everyone loves Gojo, but then everyone in real life hates ENTPs. And I find that to be extremely accurate as well as just Gojo's personality. ENTPs are very, very well beloved in characters on any sort of story or like whether it's books or movies or shows. But in real life, they're actually a type that is notoriously known to have a bad rep with a lot of people not getting along with those people. <laughs> so it's a it's a fun dichotomy of a situation. Gojo is a really perfect example of it, even for someone like me who yeah, I like I just know he would just drive me insane with the way that he changes things up on a whim, how he never really tells the students anything properly. Like he just gives a very basic guideline of it. Oh, and like the whole thing where it turns out Itadori was actually alive and then he's just all like, eh, you know, like it's a funny game sort of thing. I would have been so mad at Gojo. <laughs> so, um, so it's just like, yeah, he would drive me insane in real life and I would be all the characters who find him to be incredibly annoying and driven up the wall. But as a consumer who's just watching him on screen, I think he's so much fun and I absolutely love him and he, he he is, you know, one of my favorite characters from that anime. So it's an interesting dichotomy for these kind of things. Uh, yeah, so I know both of you two have seen Jujutsu Kaisen. And I know we both actually, we all of us here quite like Jujutsu Kaisen as a whole. So, you know, is Gojo a character that you liked originally? And uh, and would you have, like, would you like him if he is, like, a real-life person? <laughs> Agnes, you want to go first? Ah, <laughs> uh, sure. Um... I think he's a really, really fun character. I also agree. Like, it's really fun to watch him on screen because he's such an absolute troll. Mm-hmm. And he is the casually OP. Um, in real life, I don't think I would have too much problems with him only because because he is OP. And if I have that knowledge that he is OP, then I don't really have to worry about the world falling apart or coming to sh- Because he will eventually come around and, you know, save his students like he does. He does have... A moral compass to do quote-unquote good but it just takes some time to get around that and i'm just like okay well we just have to bite the bullet and you know hope for the best until he comes around <laughs> is my guess um for a character like gojo satoru i don't think i've ever encountered an actual entp in real life though so knock on wood <laughs> we'll see if my opinions <laughs> change in the future <laughs> what about you isabel i almost feel like you out of all of us would probably kind of be the most chill with Gojo if he was real, like in regards to his personality and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think I would be pretty chill. I can see your frustrations with him, obviously. Like, you know, the especially if we're in training and he was my teacher type of thing and he yeah. went out shopping. I would be pretty annoyed, but I I think I would be dumb in the fact that I would think of him as like oh this is normal for him or maybe something <laughs> like 
we're so weak that he can go shopping. I would accept that. <laughs> and then just move what? on. <laughs> he just accept the yeah. fact that you're a pathetic and he is still God. Yeah. Okay. Like, if, if I put in that so position, accepting. I will always like, yeah, I'll always think of the teacher as like, okay, he's so strong with this. And if I see, you know, his powers at least once, then I will believe it. So I think, yeah, I wouldn't think any further. I would just be like, okay, I, I'll try to be as strong as you. And that's that will be my goal <laughs> type of thing. That is actually rather inspirational, though, the fact that it, it kind of does like a 180 around where it ends up being like, oh, he's so OP. It'd be really cool if I'm OP, but it's okay. He gets a, he gets a free pass. It's no problem. <laughs> I was just thinking if like the three of us are students, like the trio, it'd be like Agnes being like, what do we expect from him? You know, sort of thing. Like, just sort of this resin- <laughs> This is normal. We should have, we should have known this by now. We should have seen it by now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this resignation and me just fuming, being like, where is he? What is he doing? What was he thinking? <laughs> like this whole list of grievances. And then Isabel being like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so- you know what's funny is like the whole concept about cursed energy, how it's built up on like resentment. The more resentment that you have also channels into cursed energy. I feel like your cursed energy only would peak <laughs> is, is the fact that your teacher is not there and you have to handle situations oh, by yourself. No! him can't wait to see him in season two at the same time no he would just utterly drive me insane in real life so moving on to the second one i was trying to pick between two so i'm kind of going to let you two choose honestly just to see which one you guys prefer so one of them is uh, chika fujiwara from kaguya-sama and the other one is daisuke kanbei from millionaire detective and i couldn't pick between those two because i wanted to pick fujiwara since it'd be like a boy and a girl but then i feel like we've talked about kaguya-sama a lot so that's why i was like maybe i should talk about the character from millionaire detective instead so which one do you two prefer Mm, my guess would be like what do you resonate more with between the two of them Mm, that's difficult i think currently probably daisuke kanbei because i'm a working person now i choose daisuke because actually daisuke was on my list too of people that (laughs) okay this is interesting let's so i'm curious about what i had another one so it's fine but i wanted to hear it now we can talk about daisuke so that's cool (laughs) okay perfect yeah so i picked daisuke kanbei from the millionaire detective and you know i it resonates with me more currently because i am also a working adult now so i've worked with people and co-workers and stuff like that so um, probably I would resonate more with Fujiwara if I was like a teenager or if I was still in college and you know going to school and being with classmates and stuff like that I digress so essentially I love watching Daisuke Kanbei on screen I think his whole like millionaire billionaire uh, antics was honestly really really funny and of um and of course uh one of my favorite episodes is actually him like running away from home and just being utterly useless <laughs> when he's like ran away from home that he's completely dependent on Kato to like tell him everything or what to do and stuff like that and specifically uh, I also think it's funny because I uh, these two characters in particular including Gojo are both huge fan favorites you know let's not forget how much Kanbei just blew up on social media when the first few episodes aired before the pandemic happened and the anime had to get postponed to like two seasons later so uh, but specifically I know I love watching Kanbei on screen, but I think his frivolous, first of all, his frivolous, like, um, 
spending would by itself drive me nuts even without anything else because I am extraordinarily stingy and I've been like this ever since I was a kid. This is something that like my parents have funnily enough not been able to connect with other parents on because whenever we have these Asian potlucks and stuff, something that the Asian parents would always complain about is they'd be like, literally, they are tracking their kids like bank account and stuff because they're like, if I don't watch them, they spend way too much and stuff like that. And so they'd ask my mom and be like, you know, how did you, you know, control Gracie's spending? And my mom's just like, uh, I don't even know what she spends her money on because she never bothers to look at what I spend my money on because ever since I was a kid, I hated spending money. I like, I was a money grubber and I saved and saved and saved and saved. And it's mainly because in my head, I was like, okay, I can either spend my money now or I can just wait for two more months for my birthday and then I'll get the thing and then I still get to have my money. <laughs> so, so I choose waiting the two months because that's a win-win situation for me. I still going to get the thing and then I get to keep my money. And so ever since I was a kid, I was. it's very hard for me to spend money on stuff that I like. I usually just, I spend, I spend money on food that I don't hold back on. And then I spend money on necessities and that's basically it. And so seeing how frivolously um, Daisuke Kanbei just spends his money on things that are oftentimes completely unnecessary would just drive me insane on its own, even though it is really funny and outlandishly hilarious when you're watching it on screen. So that's like the first small thing. Uh, the second small thing is definitely the fact that now that I'm working, if any newcomer just walks in and decides that they are going to intercede with every single one of my projects and knows what's ha what's best and like finds the solution himself via money spending with without informing me one bit about what they plan to do and how they plan to do this, I would probably blow up and give them a really bad evaluation, especially because a lot of times, especially, you know, if you're a newcomer, you don't actually know what's best and a lot and it just comes things come with experience. And so that sort of workplace behavior would never be allowed in that case. And certainly there is nothing against obviously newcomers. Um, coming in with new ideas and new visions and new angles because that's the whole point of getting newcomers but there is a responsibility to communicate that to everyone on the team and Kanbei specifically just going in doing his own things oftentimes at the risk of Kato as well like actually risking Kato's life and Kato's security like that part like if that was me in that part like I would have just blown up from fury at that point already like I would once again be Kato in fact I'd probably be worse because because I can be quite mean and Kato is a really, really, really nice person. So, uh, so that's the big reason as to why Daisuke Kanbei would drive me nuts in real life. He's just not it for me. Like I, I would not be uh, able to be around that guy. However, with that being said, uh, he is really great fun to watch on screen. And, um, and even the parts where he's like really oblivious about just normal life and stuff. I can see how that would frustrate me in real life because it's just like, he's so sheltered and privileged from the world like that by itself, especially in a world where like, and inequality has gotten worse and worse like that gets you know even more frustrating and to see someone to be so oblivious and closed off would get a lot of people angry nowadays but in regards to watching him it's not you know it's not annoying because you know he's not real and you know like he doesn't he's he's not a real character the this, this story hasn't actually happened and so because of that he suddenly is cute and endearing instead so 
that is why Kambe, um would not jive with me in real life, but he absolutely would. Uh, he does jive with me in regards to a character that I can enjoy watching on screen. What about you, Isabel? Why did you pick Kambe? <laughs> yeah, I also thought Kambe was really fun to watch in the series, like from the first episode, his over-the-top actions just made it a series that I had to watch and then until the end and the fact that he kept doing that throughout the episodes and honestly it took a while for Kato to get through to him Mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy I would probably give up as Kato I might just resign and just leave and go to a different company or or something (laughs) like that just because I would be so frustrated and not only that I'll be like this guy has too much money and I can't deal with him right Um, Uh oh yeah (laughs) so that's that's one of the things as well but yeah, otherwise, I think the one other thing, like little details, is also like h- how cocky he is. I think it's kind of cute when you're watching it. Like, oh, he's kind of, Kato's kind of getting the short end of the stick. But if he were my teammate and he actually like smirked at me, like, I'll, I'll leave you on the bridge to fall. That's your problem. I would oh, be so angry. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, true, 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 I true. could actually die. How could you actually do that to me? That's so mean of you. Yeah, I would, I would hate his guts for real. <laughs> <laughs> you put in your resignation letter <laughs> i would write probably like a really long letter of all the things he's done wrong so he can get fired <laughs> after me it'll be like the lutheran papers you just i was it just out about to say that why did you bring it up <laughs> <laughs> you read my mind oh my god it's literally a list of grievances <laughs> yes or it could be like in hamilton when hamilton writes back like here's oh. a list of grievances from 50 or from like the last like 20 or 20 years and <laughs> Like, that's what Isabel does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually forgot that he is, like, cocky and arrogant on top of the fact that he is so privileged. So, yes. <laughs> but he's so fun to watch on screen, though. So it's so interesting how there's this divide between knowing what it would be like in real life and what it is, like, fictionalized and very much not real on screen. Uh, what about you? Uh, what about you, Agnes? Since I know you watched Millionaire Detective. <laughs> If it's money, it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> oh, interesting. I don't very much care for money at all. So I understand like the frustration of having him as a teammate because he just does things on his own and recklessly spends. But at least it's not my money. Ah, so that's, that's his problem. That's not my problem. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, and, I, and I would be more willing to kind of suck it up and being like, well, if he is solving problems, even though he is using money and not really the moral boundaries that we should be employing as police... Then yeah, that is concerning. But at the same time, he gets the job done. At that point, I think I've become a corrupt policeman. I'm not working at the law enforcement. <laughs> yeah, the the end justifies the means, right? That's a very Machiavelli way of putting it. Got it, got it. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear that I didn't poach one of yours, Isabel, or at the very least you had extras just in case one was taken. So take it away. You know, what remaining ones do you have on the list in regards to anime characters that you really enjoyed watching on screen, but you just know for a fact in real life it would not work between you two? <laughs> yeah, the first one, uh, I don't, have either of you been watching Blue Lock? It's the character from Blue Lock, that's why. I actually dropped it, but I'll know the characters. No, I didn't watch Blue Lock. Oh, okay, then I'll explain a little bit about his character. Um, and I think it's probably easy. Um, the character I've been liking watching. I do like watching all the characters, but especially recently, it's been Baro, and he's kind of like the king type soccer player. He's like the one who like goes in kind of by himself. He's also voiced by uh, Junichi Suabe, who's mm-hmm. uh-huh. voices like Gil- Gilgamesh <laughs> in Fate Stay Night and. Um, 
I think it's Archer from Fate oh, Stay sorry, Night. Oh, sorry, Archer. That's right. Not Gilgamesh. Yeah, I, I it's, it's Tomioma. Toki, uh, to- who's the other one for Gilgamesh? But yeah, that's fine. Yeah, go ahead. You're right. Okay. He's, He's the Archer. sexy voice man, as my roommate dubbed him. So yeah. <laughs> The sexy, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't regularly recognize him as Borrow, but then when I looked it up, I was like, oh, this character makes sense just because I feel like the closest one, I guess, would also be um sukuna kind of like that kind of character kind of like a ore sama type of character mm-hmm. right and so his play style is very like watching him you, you can already tell he's a big bully to everyone else on the field like he won't pass it to other people on the soccer field he'll shoot the goal himself and he asks everyone else to pass the ball to him as well like kind of insulting them calling them donkeys or idiots and I just find it funny, though, because other people are, like, really frustrated and trying to um, fight against him. Especially Isaki as well, our main character. It's, it, in the most recent episode, he actually turned the tables on Baro because they were on the same team this time. And him trying to play by himself was not working out for them. And so Isaki literally turned the tables around and called him a donkey instead. And he was like shocked. He was like, oh my God, you're doing this to me. I suck. Um, So you would expect that he would kind of like, oh, learn from this experience. But actually he just breaks through from that and gets, he like goes like full hundred power percent of just trying to get the ball himself and stealing it from his own teammate just to get the shot. So he's like very selfish in that sense. Um, which I would, as a teammate, I would probably be really angry about as well. And not only that, I feel like I would be a bad roommate to him. He, it's funny that he's like that on the field, but like when they were in like the dorm room where they share, have to share beds and stuff like that, he was very neat. <laughs> I was like, this is the only Yeah, that was that. a really pleasant surprise. Like he was very uh-huh. mom is the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, he was like folding his clothes and it's just like, did you guys take a shower yet? Or like, why are you guys still like doing this? Like you guys have to have this time, this time, this time, and you have to follow me. And then they even fought over the beds. Like, I don't want to sleep on the bunk bed. I'm going to get the single bed, okay? And of course, you know, usually you have to you know talked between the people but he's like nah i'm just gonna take it and stuff like that so i found that really funny that um he's like you said like a mom type of character caring for everyone else um and also just fighting with them as well um but yeah i feel like i wouldn't follow him even if i was his roommate just because i would have a hard time being uh, so orderly as much as he is and eating on time and um waking up on time and even practicing a lot he practices a lot as well so i wouldn't be able to do that but yeah, Gracie, you saw a little bit of Borrow. Like, what did you think about him? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this is one of the ones where it's lined up. I don't like him. I didn't like him when I was watching the series, and mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't mm-hmm. like him in real life as well. So there isn't that gap between the two. I think overall, I have trouble with characters who are extraordinarily arrogant in the sense that they are rude to other people because the thing is like to give an example really is that Gojil is very arrogant but he is ironically not very rude to others the only person he's actually rude to is like that really really old guy who we know is like um, who we know is holding on to some really like old ideas of how like the jujutsu world should work and that is unwilling to change and adapt to how the new world works. So it's like an actual reason as to why he's rude to that old man. But other than that, 
Gojo's never like rude to anyone. In fact, he's actually quite nice to people. He's just like a troll to them, but he's still nice and you can tell he cares about them. Baro is arrogant and rude and genuinely thinks he's better than everyone else in a sense that is that just rubs me the wrong way all over. So it was a little reprieve to see like he has another side to him in regards to, you know, cleaning the room. And like that was a little nice tidbit I actually really enjoyed about his character. But other than that, like even with his character development, I can't help but like just find him extraordinarily annoying. So there isn't a gap between me disliking the character on screen and also 100% would never like touch him with a 10 foot pole in regards to real life as well. <laughs> God, I got it. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, Agnes, any thoughts on that type of character? I know you didn't watch it, but like, would you like that type of character? Or would you think you would have it more aligned like Gracie does as well? I struggle to say if I would like that kind of character in real life or not, only because I don't like team sports. Oh. So for that very reason, like I would never encounter somebody like that on a team sport at all because I don't play them. And therefore, I would not like, actually have an encounter with him and come to dislike or uh or like him in any particular sense but the but i can't understand why oh actually no this is my other question is like for a character like baro who is considered like a quote-unquote king and very rude and very cocky on the sports field does his characterization become boring in a sense in the the scheme of blue lock because blue lock although it is a like a hyper competitive version of soccer soccer at its core is still also a team sport how does that translate over with borrow's uh characterization yeah for blue lock like they mostly gain like all or like a lot of the characters are have this type of king type of feeling as well but just not as strong as borrow so he did for me he actually did get a little bit boring when he kept playing like yeah i'm king type of thing like he kept repeating that uh, before his little character development so I do think it could have gotten boring, but I think him versus other people who quote unquote also want to become the king or want to become, um, I mean, the whole point of Blue Lock is for uh, the ideally one striker or one person to come out and be on top of everyone else. So everyone's trying to scramble for that spot for him. And then so he's just claiming that spot for now for himself, even if the other players don't agree with it. Um, I don't know if that really explains it or answers your question. I mean, you 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 mentioned it pretty clearly that it's because of like that little characterization, that quote unquote like Moe gap, right? Mm -hmm. That he is a little bit more nurturing, but it's also like a little bit more, uh, how would you say it? Very very very, how would you say, it, Gracie? Very J like, right? Um, yeah, I, I agree with life. you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like very orderly, very neat, no chaos. No, it's I've, like I've infiltrated Agnes's mind and now she can't get away from it anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Shut up. My God, I hate this. Like, I can't even properly articulate anymore because I'm just like, <laughs> there's, there's a type for this. I don't know what the type <laughs> is, I, but it has to be one of these letter letters. Instead of an actual word to describe what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. I <laughs> My vocabulary has reduced down to MBTI brain rot, and I hate <laughs> this so much. Uh, but yeah, no, I think you explained it pretty well. I, well, I guess in that case, it it boils down to we'll see where Blue Lock takes off in the nearby mm -hmm. future, because I know it is very popular as a manga. So I want to see where that also elevates both our main protagonist, because of course he's our main protagonist, he has to go places, but also Baro, who is an obstacle in his way as well. I 
question for you, Isabel, as well. Like, did you find him interesting the moment you saw him? Or was this sort of like you started to like him as the series continued? I think I found him interesting when I first saw him, just because I I was curious as to see if he would actually get eliminated in that first time that we saw him. I was like, oh, he seems kind of important. And he's already oh. claiming that he's like the best, right? So mm-hmm. I was like, how are you going to develop? Because you already think you're like the best. You This doesn't really make sense to me. So I think he interested me. I think he, I didn't pay attention to him enough because I was interested in the other players, obviously, at first. But yeah, now that we have more screen time with him, I think that changed my thoughts. But I don't know. It could okay. change again. Blue Lock is continuing. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, I was just curious about that. Alrighty then. So with uh, Baro being your first first choice, what is your second choice in regards to that gap between real life and uh, on screen? <laughs> yeah, the second one. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Power from Chainsaw Man. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> Power is super popular, so I think this is very interesting to look at. Yeah, I think she's. I have a hard time choosing, you know, which characters I actually like in Chainsaw Man, but I think Power is a really well written type of character and. It's interesting to see how she also is kind of a little bit arrogant as well. And she thinks like she's the, you know, best devil out there. And and she's very um, full of herself, no matter who she encounters. And I also find it funny, you know, the way that she speaks um, as well. But um, yeah, I just don't know if I would get along with her in real life. And I, I really like seeing her and Denji just kind of like the duo together and... Um, them trying to take down I forgot his name but one of the seniors I guess like he was trying to train them and it was just kind of like a version of dumb and dumber trying to take uh take him down <laughs> <laughs> that that is that is mostly what that team is mm-hmm. on uh, Chainsaw Man yeah and then not, not just that like she like really says that you know she's like the best and really strong but she's like also not afraid to run away if the moment calls for it or even straight up lie and just state that someone else did it wasn't me i i couldn't possibly be the one who did that um that would really piss me off obviously again as a teammate like how could you just lie about that like you ah i see i see <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know even though she's so strong and not only that she kind of manipulated denji into helping her um achieve her goal when she couldn't do it herself again so she's like recruiting help and I think it was fun to watch, though, because I didn't know what was going on in her mind. At this point, I was just kind of accepting the fact that, oh, power power is kind of cool. Like, she kind of does this and that, or she really wants to be part of the team. Um, but I wasn't surprised, obviously. And then I guess the excuse is that, you know, she acts as a fiend or a devil. And, um, and she does have some type of compassion. It's kind of cute to see her with her little cat. You know, she would do anything for her little cat. So I feel like that's pretty relatable for most people who have pets and things like that. Uh, so I thought that was super cute as well. Um, but yeah, just for her, just the fact that she, she, I guess also because she doesn't act as human, but also the, I really like the scene between when she starts, when she moves into Aki's place and she totally trashes the place and even Denji's like, hey, you have to respect the food. And she's just like, no, <laughs> I thought that was really funny. She's very defiant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, if I were one of their roommates, I would probably be on Aki and Denji's side just like hey you have to clean up after yourself and you have to learn these things and you can't just break the door down I I would be very upset but watching her do all that kind of like cause chaos in the apartment was super fun to watch I forgot there's one more thing I wanted to say but I can't remember right now but I like to hear your your guys's thoughts on power or if she's one of your favorite characters in Chainsaw Man 
So she's not a favorite character of mine, but I did really like her. And Isabel, feel free to interrupt at any point if you do remember, because trust me, I know those moments where you forget, but when you suddenly remember, you have to grab on fast. That's an FYI, you're going to forget really quickly afterwards. But um, I don't have a gap between liking power on screen and in real life. And the reason why is I see power as a child. And so that immediately oh. makes me more sort of open to her more childish, her more immature, and even like the lying and the manipulative stuff more. Because in my eyes, I see a kid who is still learning about the world. And she doesn't look like a kid. That much is certain. She is in the body of a very much already developed human body. Who The human is clearly already dead. But in regards to her personality and the way she acts, she is very childish. She like laughs at these jokes that kids would laugh at that. And you can see too that uh, Aki, who's like the only adult of the three <laughs> and the one with the brain cell, by the way, no one else has the brain cell but him. <laughs> um, but you can see like, you know, uh, you can see like she plays pranks on Aki in the same way that kids will play pranks on their older siblings or even their parents. Um, even her like making a mess and throwing an actual tantrum over it, like rolling on the floor, kicking and screaming sort of tantrum very kid-like as well. And in fact, one of my favorite scenes happens at the end of the series where uh, Denji and, uh, and Denji and Power are in the elevator ready to like face the uh, Katana guy. And the elevator door opens at a different floor and it's like all these zombies. And then Power like wants to do this epic, like I am the hero moment. And she like jumps out. She's like, you have my back, Denji, okay? And Denji's just <laughs> staring at her like, no, like I don't have your back. And the elevator just slowly closes while he's still like just staring at her like, what are you doing, dude? And so um, it's just she gives me such little kid vibes. She runs away when she gets scared, but she comes back when things look exciting. She fights over food with people and stuff like that. That I'm like, I excuse her more like quote unquote frustrating moments because I can't help but just see someone who isn't really like knowing how the world quite works yet and i absolutely believe that you know she once she matures emotionally speaking um because you know physically she's in a body of a human that's already been physically developed but emotionally speaking once she matures she won't be doing those things anymore so that's actually so that's how i see it and that's why um her on-screen persona and her being in real life probably wouldn't bother me that much cool what about you agnes what did you think of power I didn't actually watch most of Chainsaw Man, so I don't have any context to go off of. But I do wanted to make a comment about, I find it really interesting that all of your picks between Gracie and Isabel, that you guys tend to dislike characters that are arrogant but walk the talk, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I just thought that was a very interesting similarity. When in reality, my own, like, like characters that I like but would hate in real life is completely opposite or not even related oh. to that. So I just thought it was a very interesting to hear what you guys have as for characters and what you guys prescribe as to something that you enjoy in media, but to your own personal values, it violates a lot of what you stand for and or what you're comfortable with giving the mile oh, man. for. So now I'm really curious to hear what Agnes got. <laughs> but before that, uh, Isabel, did you were you able to remember the other extra thing you wanted to talk about with power? <laughs> No, it has not come back to me. But I think it's something along the lines of power being pure chaos. Um, I think, I think it's amazing that you're able to kind of 
see her as a child and kind of forgive her for the actions that she's taking. Um, but for me, yeah, I would I would have definitely a hard time with her. Do you not see her as like a child because of just the fact that, you know, she was probably physically on Earth longer? Like, I, I'm just kind of curious, like, you know, yeah. OK. <laughs> I think that's most the reason why, because she lived for a long time, like without anyone else. That's uh, I think that's her backstory. So for me, I just thought, you know, why didn't she learn from this or things like that? But I think obviously she only... I think she was so powerful that, you know, she could do anything that she wanted. So she never had that chance to learn. And now she's kind of forced to be in that contained state and be on a team and stuff like that. So she is learning. But I don't imagine covering up for her like the first attack that she did. I just I yeah, I would have I would be really stressed. That's all. Uh, even if it's a child. I think this is also half of the reason why I, d- I don't like children in real life sometimes. Oh, OK. That, I think that explains yeah. some things as well. Yeah. Especially when I was tutoring kids and they were dragging my chair and I was like, <laughs> I thought right. I was heavy enough to s- I thought I was heavy enough on this chair that I wouldn't Oof. move. I like, forgot like you got Yikes. bullied by kids. <laughs> yeah, I was so I Yeah, I get. I can never forget about that. I was I was so angry. <laughs> Out of curiosity, how old were they? <laughs> oh god, they were probably like first graders. They were really young. Wow, no. <laughs> getting bullied. No. Well, how old were you? I I was in high school at that time. I was like, uh, <laughs> there's a good like, girl. <laughs> how how could you get pulled in your chair by That's first graders? Saying. I don't know. I was like, there's no way. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a rock and sit here. But no, they dragged my chair back, and I was like, what the heck? You are very light, that Isabel. That explains some things as well, because I'm actually really good with kids. <laughs> I can get them to listen. Well, yeah, no sh- Well, okay. I mean, I can get them to <laughs> listen to given. me fairly easily as well, so that's why it doesn't bother me when I see Power Chaotic, because in my head, I'm just like, I-, I know how to handle kids like this. I got this <laughs> sort of thing. So. Okay. That's why you're like Makima, right? And then you can control- Oh, crap! Crap! Oh, that was unwarranted and uncalled for good job isabel okay. i approve yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Small jokes, though, but yeah all right Agnes, i want to hear yours yes <laughs> all right so mine should be pretty obvious um i mentioned in the girl talk chat because i typically don't care so much about seeing a character in media and being like, oh, I would hate them in real life because I just see media as what they what media is. It's for the sake of entertainment and I just leave it in that space and I don't think about bringing them into real life. That is like, that is a, a moral boundary that I don't cross. But if there's one character that would irritate me the hell out in real life, but I enjoy him so much for in the piece of media that he's in, it would be Zenitsu from Demon Slayer. <laughs> And that's because Zenitsu, I love a gag comedy. I watch, I don't watch a lot of comedic anime, but I like anime that has belts of comedy as part of its uh, subgenre. So for instance, like One Piece has a lot of really good comedy um, and a lot of other shonen series also has really good comedy. And then Demon Slayer has Zenitsu's comedy, but unlike other animes that have gag comedy, Zenitsu is the layman comedy because at first glance, he is the guy who is the most afraid. He is the guy who doesn't care about demons. He just wants to live a normal life. He wants to get a girl, but he can't get Um, And he complains a lot. He cries a lot. And I'm like, you know what? That's pretty realistic of what any person would do in that situation. Like, we're not bred for war. We're not warriors or anything like that. We're just normal people who just want to get by in the day. Um, 
And I'm just like, you know what? This is this is acceptable. And of course, he redeems himself uh, in the midway season of uh, the midway part of season one of Demon Slayer because he's a hidden badass when he like knocks out or sleeps, and it's just a joy to watch him on screen because of the voice acting where he's like he goes from this really extreme of being a skirt chaser and then the other extreme where he's a streaming screaming crying throwing up on the floor and it's just very fun to watch overall but in real life i would absolutely despise someone like that because i'm the type of person that doesn't complain very Mm -hmm. often and i don't like it when people complain and i would be i would prefer to see him dead than actually go save him (laughs) and if he comes back out alive i would actually i would actually be very disappointed that he came back (laughs) alive Wow, those are some strong words there, Agnes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I said. Is like this is why I keep my entertainment characters separate from people I don't like in real life, and I those those two boundaries do not intersect. <laughs> um, and then the one other thing that I didn't like so much about Zenitsu, if I were to apply that in real life, is the fact that his grandfather was the one that trained him to be in the Demon Core. But of course, like he eventually mends his relationship with his grandfather early on, which is why he accepts the mantle of being in the Demon Core and holding up the lightning pillar. But at the same time, it's very aggravating to know that he still complains about all of this. He still doesn't make an effort to do his job, even though he has such an important position to fill. And he voluntarily decided to continue with it because his grandfather at some point almost gave up on him too. And his grandfather was about to give him a way out, even though his grandfather is the last lightning pillar at that point. So it's kind of like you you, you, had, an, you had an option to leave or stay and commit. And you committed, but you're also being a little pissed. So. Uh, so one thing is um, I don't think the grandfather ever threatened to abandon him go because that was the sort of the nature of their whole relationship is the fact that the grandfather refuses to abandon him so Zhang Tzu feels a um a responsibility and a duty to the fact that because his grandfather would never give up on him he has to continue to do it even though he hates it like that's the that's my one thing that I just wanted to I guess correct I mean Isabel am I remembering it wrong or I think I did not get that far. So oh! I, say, I can't comment on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just remembered that differently from you, Agnes. <laughs> oh, okay. But even then, even if it was that the grandfather would never abandon him and that he would still have to take up the position, it's kind of like, well, yeah, but you still have to suck it Right, up. <laughs> right, <laughs> That's yeah. my opinion. I don't, I don't give... I don't I don't give any sympathy or pity to people who just cry about their situation and complain about it to other people when it's just like you can do mm-hmm. better than that. Yeah, I figured that yeah. wouldn't change your stance at all. I was just like I felt like information wise that was just the only one that I had a little difference on. So yeah, okay. Okay, that's fine then. You're probably more right in that case because afterwards I kinda dropped Demon Slayer, so your information is probably more updated than mine. Zane Tim made you made you drop Demon Slayer. <laughs> No, no, Zenitsu did oh. not make me drop Demon Slayer, but over time, I got, after I finished season one, I was kind of like, okay, maybe I'll wait for season two, and then I heard about what happened at the manga's ending, um, because the manga ended, right, ended, like, several months, or at least a year before the, um, the movie came out, and I was just kind of like, okay, this ending sounds really weird, I don't want to continue. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, I see what you're saying. All right, well, um, 
I'll go first since uh, since Isabel hasn't seen the whole thing. But I also really didn't like Zane Sue when I first met him, per se. But I quickly forgave him and liked him in real life and in the show once I saw Zane Sue protecting the box that Nezuko was in against Inosuke. I think it has to... I think at the end of the day, it just has to do with the fact that when it really came down to it, Zenitsu planted his feet down and refused to budge on actually a situation that I found to be quite admirable because he figured out early on that there was probably a demon inside Tanjiro's box and he didn't ask questions because he obviously knew there must be something personal if the demon is being carried around a box that, you know, Tanjiro is carrying around on his back all the time and never leaves behind. He didn't, and it didn't make him question Tanjiro's uh, character as a demon slayer at all. And even at the very end of the day, he was genuinely willing to throw his entire body over the box because he knew that this was something incredibly important to Tanjiro at the risk of getting beaten. Actually, he was getting beaten up. Um, at getting beaten up by Inosuke because Inosuke could also tell that there was a demon inside the box. And so after that moment, it just sold Zane to me. He can mess up and cry and complain and do whatever he wanted after that. Because to me, I felt like that showed the real core of his like character and nature of knowing love and being committed to that love to protect someone's love and yes is this making me sound like Tanjiro who's also ENFJ very very funny yes but um but that was <laughs> that, 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 yeah I, I watched my the self-awareness that yeah, yeah, I, I walked myself into that trap but really the reality of it was then uh before that I was really annoyed with him and even with the cool like moment where he passed out and he like sliced off that demon's head I was just like dude get out of this business you are not meant to be in it you're just dragging people down and stuff because if you can't do it conscious then what's the point of you being here sort of thing but then it was like the episode ended right when we see Zane Sue like just throwing his body over that box and hugging it and getting beaten up because he knew that this means something to Tanjiro and he would do anything to protect it because of the fact that he knew it meant something to Tanjiro and I was just like yeah done sealed deal I like him I'll always like him if he was in real life I forgive all his whiny crybaby complainy really wants to be married moments because he did this to me (laughs) he did this for me and that's all that really matters And this is why you have a high tolerance for people versus I don't. <laughs> I do think, um, I, I also think another thing that comes in that I kind of need a person like Zayn to, because as crybaby as he is, he is also, funnily enough, the one that's most sensible of the three. Um, there's like a moment in season three in particular, or is it season two? Season, uh, season two, actually. So there was a moment in season two in particular where he was like the one who was just like, guys, you are, you guys are not making any sense. And because Tanjiro, because uh, uh, Tengen, who was our supporting uh, best boy winner, uh, Tengen is like this really dramatic sort of demon slayer guy. And specifically, he was proclaiming himself that he is a god and like the three of them need to do everything that he tells them to do and stuff like that. And then Tanjiro just took it super seriously and like raised his hand and was just like, you know, what are you the god of specifically? <laughs> and Zayn's just like, I, I I can't believe this guy. Like what what's wrong with him? <laughs> and, so, and I do feel 
feel like that sense of built that like logical sensibility that comes out from Zaytsu is kind of needed with someone like me who would take those kind of things seriously. If the other person commits to the bit, I tend to buy for it very easily. So, um, so I do think it's kind of necessary to balance me out in this regard, and so that's also why like I would be able to stand him perfectly well in real life alongside like enjoying watching him on screen. But yeah, so that's my thing. What about you, Isabel? <laughs> yeah, for the most part, I would be okay with Senitsu. Um, there are definitely the moments where he's being like a crybaby and whining, I would probably be annoyed at him. Um, but that's probably it at best. I think that's that's at least what I would think if he were on my team or if I were Tanjiro or Inosuke. And yeah, I like the fact that you brought up that he's sensible to Gracie just because I think he's he's actually surprisingly down to earth out of the three just because he he's actually honestly if you get down to it he's just really scared of dying yes uh, yes most of the time so right, right, I'm like yeah. yeah of course i would i would be scared too you know there's a, a you know um things out there that can get us killed so i find that i was like you know what i agree with you and it's okay to be scared sometimes um but yeah i mean obviously you did join the demon core so we got to get something done but still uh, which is why i would kind of tolerate um his crying sometimes but if, if, obviously if he's crying the whole way i would be angry about that um but yeah so it's like half and half and i obviously i do enjoy watching him as well i feel like a lot of the characters in demon slayer out would just kind of be embarrassed I, I was thinking about like other people like inosuke always shouting or being on the train or even rengoku i feel like i would just be like i have to hide my face just for a little bit to let the characters be themselves if i were with them like in real life yeah, I feel you with Rengoku and uh, Inosuke. <laughs> yeah, those are my thoughts. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, if we don't have any other questions, let's move on to the next character then. So is it somewhat similar, Agnes? Was it someone who, like, couldn't quite do their duty or is irresponsible? Or, like, I'm trying to guess your flavor now is the thing. <laughs> It has something to do with responsibility, yeah, um, but not in the same flavor as Zenitsu. Um, so the person that I wanted to highlight for this topic would be Akihito oh, from Given. Oh, okay. Um, I really like mm -hmm. Akihito from Given, but in season one, like the moment I saw him, I'm like, mm -hmm. this is it. I love this character. <laughs> he has a very badass rebel kind of look for him. He's very soft-spoken. And he has, like, this kind of, like, moe gap because he plays the drums, so you think, like, he's, like, the coolest badass in existence, but his actual specialty is in violin because of his very uh, toxic relationship with his ex. And I liked his characterization throughout the OVA um, because it shows, like, how he is, like, one of those people in real life who do have a toxic relationship with exes that is that kind of like forces them to revolve all their activities and their interests around that ex. Um, and of course, like he does like the sexual pass on Haruki, but he has a redemption arc where eventually Haruki does forgive him and Akito actually works his ass off to quote unquote be a man worthy of Haruki's love. And I was like, okay, this is sold for me. <laughs> like I, I love this character already. Um, but in real life, though, I would never actually forgive Akihito, even if he mm. went through a redemption arc. I would immediately go mm. ice cold on him as a friend 
or as an associate for the shit that he's done and would not spare him any quarter for redemption. Like, I'm the type of person that does not hold grudges on people, funnily enough. I usually let people, like, do as they please, and it's none of my business if I get involved because I don't like drama, so it's not my thing. But if you cross the line with the people I love and cherish, I will act like you'll never exist, and you can rot until the end of their days wow. like a miserable piece of shit. And at that point, um, I will, and like even, and it takes a long time for me to actually come around. I actually had a, a similar situation like that with someone that I know about a year ago. They did something that was really bad in my eyes. I could never forgive them. And so for a very, very long time, I kind of like stonewalled, cold them. I like blocked them and everything. And then the truth of the light of the situation eventually came out. And it took actually my ENFJ friend to kind of like not coax me into it, but like continue to explain me the details because she actually genuinely felt sorry for this person. And so eventually we got around to talking about it. She, um, she like told me everything that was going on she apologized for everything and eventually afterwards we became friends again so that was fine but it does take me quite a long time if you've done something like extraordinarily offensive to my friends mm. i since unfortunately akihiko has messed up quite a bit of times <laughs> um what was what is the moment if it happened in real life where you're like it's it's over it's done between the two of us what do you mean uh, so, uh, so Akihiko has obviously been hurting Haruki a lot, like even just throughout the series, because he's openly flirting with him, but then he's going around and not committing and sleeping with other people. You know, he's stuck in that very toxic relationship where technically they're not even in a formal relationship anymore, but they can't let go of each other with U Ugetsu. And then obviously he pushes his boundaries a little too hard on, um, on Haruki that one night. So at one what point of all his mistakes would you be like, that is enough, I'm done with you, I'm cutting you out sort of thing? Uh, it's the sec it would be the sexual pass on Haruki. Okay. okay. Like, that is, like, the final line. Because I usually, like, for me, I have a very... Uh, I have a very tight principle of like people do what they want and people are responsible right. for their own actions. Akito mm -hmm. obviously does a lot of bad things, but it's not to the point where it's as bad as making a really... A horrible sexual pass on Haruki and Haruki mm. and, and even he himself was not quite aware of what Akihito was doing to and he wasn't right. aware that Akihito was formally and still in a weird toxic relationship with his ex so with that information like nobody knew and that in itself is fine because that's on Akito for hiding things from people but the moment he made that sexual pass on Haruki and basically assaulted it I'd, I'd be like you're fucking gone I don't know you you are a piece of scum and shouldn't exist in this world that that is at least to me because i'm very like hard lined at that point okay got it got it yeah because i was curious since he's even before that he was making several transgressions to say the least even if they're a lot lighter transgressions but you know he was hurting haruki so he was, was hurting curious. haruki yeah but haruki was also letting him in on that i think if i was haruki's friend i would have noticed it and kind of told him like i don't know if this is a good idea but mm. this is your judgment call i am not responsible for your actions and i'm not responsible because i don't want to control people either i'm not the type of person who manipulates people i'm like well you are the person who's responsible for your own happiness so if you fuck around and find out that is also your fault too i see got it got it okay well that makes sense so basically in summary it's like you like his whole story arc and character arc in the story but in real life he's gone from your life <laughs> yeah he's basically gone from my life yeah got it uh how did you or actually isabel did you watch the ovas because that's really where we're diving into in this in this regard 
or the movie sorry not the ovas i didn't read the ov or watch the ovas but i did read read their arc um so that's kind of where i personally don't like akihito that much uh based on his character Ah, like watching his character arc like i can see you know he definitely goes through growths and things like that and haruki Haruki obviously really likes him but yeah like the things that he had done and not only that kind of like his relationship with his ex type of thing if i were in that situation i i wouldn't i wouldn't really consider him I, I might be friends with him, but I wouldn't consider him as someone I'd be romantically interested in just because he's, right. he's that yeah, type of person here. who has a lot of problems. Um, yeah. And I felt like I've had friends like that where they've maybe gone through a couple of exes and then maybe they're interested in me. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. I've seen this story before. Um, oh, Isabel. Me, so, no, thank you. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah, it's not... It's a very uncomfortable reminder that this is actually realistic, which is why I liked Akito's story because mm-hmm. it does actually happen. But actually confronting it and having to deal with it in real life is a pain in the ass. And it's really hard to like save the people that you love from yeah. that kind of relationship too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the very least, I can, you know, you can be there for them. I feel like they do need a friend, but yeah. um, their love choices are their cho- choices. So yeah, <laughs> love is mm-hmm. tricky. <laughs> this is why I'm single. <laughs> laughs and cries woefully okay so this is interesting because in agnes's case because it's realistic she really likes the story and the character arc but then in real life obviously would cut him off but for isabel because it is realistic she immediately didn't like him really and thus also wouldn't like him in real life as well so okay i I love this sort of comparison Um, so for me, funnily enough, I'm kind of lukewarm. Like, I don't I don't dislike the character, but I never really liked the character either. I just thought he was fine in this regard. I also know people who are like Akihiko who, um, you know, they're, they're in toxic relationships. They can't let them go, and they make very bad decisions based on these toxic relationship situations. I have actually had a friend of mine, um, believe it or not, cheat on a person that she was uh that she was uh kind of or yeah that she was seeing at the time because she wasn't a talk she hadn't really recovered from a toxic situation prior and made a really string of bad decisions based on that traumatic um toxic situation before that genuinely hurt another person and in the whole process so uh, so I know someone quite close to me, actually. Not to the point of what Aki has done, per se, to Haruki, but very similar in regards to that very purposeful betrayal sort of hurt. So in that regard, I think that's why I am lukewarm towards him, because the second I met him, I could tell that he was struggling from something. Then when we met Ugetsu, I immediately realized what he was struggling from. But I didn't really quite blame him for it either because I, once again, know people like that. And I do have a bit of an empathetic spot for them because I know that, as you guys said, love is tricky. It's very hard to get out of. And at times it makes you do really, really dumb things that rationally, if you weren't in love, you would know is really dumb and you should never do. So I think that's why I give him a slight pass in regards to some of his bad behavior. So I end up with him being lukewarm. In real life, it's honestly a little hard to say for me because of the simple reason that I feel like someone like Aki really wouldn't be someone I'd really interact with in the first place because I've reached a point in my life where I 
find it a little difficult to keep people who remain in toxic situations, uh, who, who, for lack of a better term, are unable to get the help they need to get out of toxic situations at times. Like, uh, my mental health reaches a certain point that can't handle it anymore. And so I keep these people kind of at a distance, to be honest. And so I wouldn't say I'd really know about what goes on with Aki in that regard. And so it's a little hard to say of how I feel about him in real life. And I am slightly, you know, ashamed to say this, but I think if I was his friend, I would be really angry at him. Oh, gosh, I... I think the difficult thing, of course, is that Haruki forgives Aki, and I do support Haruki. And so for that reason, because Haruki uh, forgive Aki, I would be willing to do the same just to support Haruki. So that's that's where the difficult situation lies. If Haruki is in the picture, and or if anything, if Haruki, um, you know, if Haruki was in the picture, if, you know, he was a stranger slash if he was not a friend or anything at all, um, then I'd probably also dislike Aki and cut him out. But Haruki, if, you know, if pretending I am in that friend group and Haruki is also my friend, I don't have it in me to not oblige with what um, Haruki feels about the situation simply because of the fact that afterwards Aki has changed and hasn't shown anything in, um, hasn't shown anything, like, contrary to what he promises he'll be from now on. So, um, so I would be siding with whatever Haruki sides with. And if Haruki s- decides that, you know, Aki is worth forgiving for and, you know, actually working through things with him, then I'd probably do the same thing. So that's where I'm at in regards to him. <laughs> I don't blame you because I think that's how I also feel as well, is that it's still, it's not actually related to Akihito anymore. Be- in the second half of the story, it's now related more to Haruki. Like, yeah. if Haruki is willing to go through it and willing to help Akihito change into the man that he's supposed to be, then everything is forgiven at that point. It's, it's really funny that you say that because when I was watching the OVA with two of my friends, we like immediately like hated Akito when we saw him do the sexual pass on Haruki that we made a chat DM and our DM title was uh, uh, Haruki support group. Aww. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and at the end, like we, we loved the ending that happened afterwards but we're still like, yeah, we're still here for Haruki, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, um, you know, I've had my fair share of stories. I've also have a friend who's on the other end of things you know they had a partner cheat on them out of a very bad situation really hurt them you know sort of thing and they and my friend decided to forgive their partner and my friend also you know decided and everything that I've heard since then is that really it's they've worked through it and everything's fine now and it's great. And so, you know, I'm I'm going to be by my friend in this regard. I'm not I'm not going to cut that person off just simply because, you know, like I don't really get as much of a say in this matter as well. So, yeah. So that's my whole convoluted answer to this situation. But great choice, Agnes, because <laughs> it was uh, a lot of discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty then. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you really enjoyed this, gu- this discussion we've had about characters we do enjoy and watching in our anime but know that in real life it's a little more difficult as you can see there's actually quite a blend of different opinions in regards to these characters which is just so fun and these are the type of topics i love the most so i hope everyone will still be here with us next time when we're back with another fun topic so bye everyone bye bye